Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Life is full of awesome what ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. My name is Joseph Crane, and this is the Earth Collective. open my eyes and see nothing but darkness at first. I suppose I should be worried, but I've got a mountain of other concerns to deal with, so this just added to the list. I force myself to be patient and wait. I've got nothing left to lose at this point. Light soon starts trickling in like streams of bubbles sparkling and rising to the surface, caused by people jumping into a calm ocean. Sorry to get a little purple prose on you there. I guess it's something I'm learning about myself. You see... It's because I don't know much about yours truly, who I am, what I do. I've, I've lost all of my memories. Now that I can see a bit, the optical information being transmitted to my brain isn't very useful. I'm in a dark place without any artificially created light. But there are streaks, as I mentioned, coming through gaps and small holes. Individually, they afford a low level of lumens. Collectively, they cast a vague glow, giving me a chance to get an idea of where I am. I'm in some sort of box. Great, so not that helpful. Let's try my other senses to see if I can extract some more information. My ears pick up a repetitive rumbling of machinery and movement. My body, my sense of touch, feels that movement as I'm jostled softly side to side. Okay, the box is moving, so I'm in some sort of vehicle. I take that as my cue and pull myself to my feet. I have some aches. Quite a few, actually, but no acute pains. 
feels like no bones are broken, which is definitely a good thing. I'm just going to keep ignoring the fact that I don't remember who I am or how I got here for the moment. I take a few steps forward. I'm dressed in jeans and a t-shirt. I'm able to see on my shirt are four bugs. Beneath the insects are the words, The Beatles, Sacramento Zoo. At first, this means absolutely nothing to me. And then, like a bingo ball slotting into place, I remember this shirt. I got it at the Sacramento Zoo a while ago, years before, but I'm not sure how many. I had fun at that zoo, seeing the cool giraffes up close, the lions letting everyone know how tough they were, and the pink flamingos looking weird all standing on one leg grouped together. But the important thing is, I remember now. The t-shirt triggered my memory of it and the trip to the zoo. So, the bad news, I still don't remember who I am, why I'm here, or where I am. The good news, I've remembered something, which means I can hopefully remember more things as time passes. Okay, feeling much better about myself now than I did five minutes ago. I take more steps, getting to a wall, touching it, then going to another and doing the same. There appears to be nothing else and no one else in here but me. No other objects. The walls feel inconsistent. On one, I feel wood, I think. On another, some sort of plastic, maybe. Nothing very useful. But to me, it means a lot. It means I appear to have just my memories missing from my brain. All the other details and knowledge from breathing and walking to knowing the difference between plastic and wood is there. And just when I start feeling good about myself, things change. Okay, the vehicle stopped. Why? I start looking around for a way out, some sort of exit, and I can't find one. I'd like something clear and concrete. You know, something like a lighted rectangle that clearly says, here's the door. No such luck. And that's when... I don't know what to do. Is there somebody in there? I turn to the wall where the sound is emanating from, closing in on it. Is there somebody in there? Do I answer him? What do I say? Hello? Is it too risky? But then, what have I got to lose? Hello? Wait, uh, I'm in here. I need help. Is there somebody in there? Yes, I can't find the door. I don't know how to get out. A thunk and click comes from the wall I think the door might be on, and it opens suddenly, pouring in a crashing wave of sunlight and dust almost blinding me. When my eyes catch up to the light, I see the barrel of what I think is a gun poking into the dark room through the sheet of light. I freeze, not knowing what to do. Who are you? I don't know. I don't remember. Who are you? He shouts in a strange accent. I don't know. I think I hit my head or something. I can't remember. That's not what happened, but maybe it will buy me some favor or time from this man. He steps through the wall of dust-filled light rays, and I can see his face. It's dirty and scarred, but not angry. I see more fear than anything else. How did you get in here? Like I said, I, I don't remember. I think I hit my head. The man lowers his gun slowly to look closer at my head. Are you okay? I think so. Okay. You need to see Joseph. Who's Joseph? Come. 
The man waves his hand for me to follow him as he turns and steps through the doorframe. I follow and step out onto a metal catwalk of sorts and look around. I can hardly believe what I'm seeing. It's an RV, but an RV from Mad Max. Not so much with the crazy weaponry, but with all the stuff on the roof and the panels on the sides. It looks old, like it's been going since the time of the dinosaurs. But it also looks like it could keep going until the heat death of the universe. And that's when I cast my gaze away from the RV and see a long row of the greatest number of RVs I've ever seen assembled other than at a ZZ Top convention. Yeah, I'm not sure why there would be a lot of RVs there, but I just feel like there would. But there are fucking a lot of RVs here, as far as I can see. They're all stopped. People milling about, some resting, some chatting. A portrait of normal life, except instead of houses, it's RVs. The man clicks his radio and speaks a language I don't understand, except for the word Joseph. There are a lot of people milling about, and only the man I've already met seems to notice me. He stands there, keeping a wary eye on me. I hear the rumbling of another engine as a small ATV-like vehicle pulls up. Same Mad Max aesthetic. Okay, I'm starting to like it here. The first man nods and lets out a curt, Joseph? The new man gets off his ATV while keeping eye contact with me. He slides down the cloth that was covering his mouth and walks to a ladder-like thing on the side of the RV we are standing on. He climbs up and approaches me. He holds his hand out as if he wants a handshake, but it's at the wrong angle. Clearly a local greeting of some type. I decide it's best to shrug instead of to attempt it. The man I presume to be Joseph looks at me strangely. Turning his focus to the other man, they share a sort of conversation in that strange language. Joseph talks slower and not as smoothly as the other man. You thirsty? When those words exit his mouth, I become very aware that, yes, I am thirsty. Yes, actually very. I notice that he doesn't have the strange accent the other man has. Joseph takes his own canteen off his belt and hands it to me. I take a drink. The water tastes cold. Not bad in any way, but it reminds me of the mineral water that we have back home, except I've never tasted the background flavors before. New minerals in their water, maybe? Without realizing it, I finish what was left in the canteen. I hand it back with a small apology. A refill, sir? The man says as he gestures to Joseph's canteen. Joseph quickly shakes his head no, and I think I detect what could be called embarrassment on his face. Your friend there got me out of that box, and now you gave me your water. Thank you. Glad I could oblige. I almost expect him to tip his hat, if he were wearing one. I'm starting to get a Stephen King's gunslinger vibe off of him. Roland of Gilead, from Midworld. He's got a good five inches on me. Strong build. Not the sort of guy you'd want to be on the receiving end of in a fight. But his face is kind. The eye's concerned. He's definitely a good guy. Hi, I'm Jake Fisher. Three seconds ago, I didn't have a clue what my name was. But forcing myself to say it causes it to just appear in my mind and fall from my mouth. 
I'm almost certain it is my actual name. The other man is a little worried that I suddenly know my name. I instinctively hold out my hand for a handshake. He looks at my hand like I'm flipping him the bird. Clearly he doesn't know my gesture either. Uh, Joseph Crane, I, I don't know. Sorry. Oh, no problem. It's just a handshake. Joseph reaches out his hand and holds mine in a strong grip. He's instantly got the hang of it. I'm really starting to like this guy. What's the deal with this place? You're all really into RVs, aren't you? Joseph looks at me then, stares at me long and hard, reaches some sort of decision and gives a curt nod. Follow me. Stay close. He puts a hand up to the man who starts to follow us, and then he turns and moves ahead at a fast pace. I immediately follow, needing to if I want to keep up with him. No clue where he's going, so I need to keep close. I can't help noticing the people as we speedily walk in between groups of them. They're all staring at us as we come close to them. Check that. They're all staring at me. Because because I obviously don't fit in here. I'm dressed different. I just look different. These people look hardened by life. They've spent their days traveling the road for most of their lives, and it's made them suspicious. Correctly so, I believe. I stop looking and focus on where Joseph's taking me. He's reached his destination, one of the RVs, and he's got the door open for me. The look on his face urges me to move faster. I do, and I'm soon in one part of the RV. It's a pretty decent-sized space and is well-lived in. There's a lot of stuff. Trinkets and books and parts and bits and pieces everywhere. But not like it's because Joseph is messy or he wants to show off that he has a lot of stuff. No, these items are loved and cared for, well used. All of them. They're objects of wealth and importance. This place is amazing. Thank you. He closes the door behind him, checking through a window to make sure we don't have any too curious people wanting to know who I am. Then he turns to me. Uh, take a seat wherever you like. Feel free to move stuff around if you need to. You hungry? Still thirsty? I'm gonna make some tea. Tea sounds great. Thanks. I find a chair in one corner and pick up the machine part and leather-bound notebook on it, putting them on a side table. I take a quick glance at the pages in the book, flicking through it. Lots of notes and lists of names. The man is very detailed. As I sit down, I see a little machine sitting on a ledge, wires that lead into the low ceiling of the room and what appears to be a microphone. I'm definitely curious, but I'm not going to touch anything in here without permission. Oh, that. That's my transceiver. I'm charging it right now. He finds himself a seat nearby. Transceiver? For what? We can talk about that later. He stares intently at me for a minute. I then notice the large blade on his back. Somehow I missed that before now. And yet, I don't feel in danger. Quite the opposite, in fact. What were you doing in that caravan? Is that what you call them? Caravans? Yeah. Honestly? I don't know. I just woke up there. I don't know how I got there or where I am. So you're telling me you just found yourself in there? No one sent you? The question makes me wonder what is going on in this strange man's life. No, no one sent me. I'm sorry. I don't know how I got there. After a moment of thought, he says, Do you mind if I record our conversation? He shows me his little recorder he's got in his pocket. Just seeing it sets off a firework inside my mind. Are you okay? Um, yeah, sorry about that. Seeing that device, it jogged my memory. And yes, feel free to record. I'm, I'm actually recording too. I reach into my pocket and pull out my phone. 
the one that hasn't needed a charge in a really long time and is just permanently set to recording and uploading now. And this realization, like the others, just comes to me from nowhere. I showed Joseph my phone. His eyes widen so much I think they might fall out of his head. Then he's up out of his seat, looking through his books around the room, checking one pile, then another, not finding the specific title he's looking for. Then he does find it, flips it open, and starts leafing through pages until he finds what he wants. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. He shows me what he was looking for. The book looks old, downright ancient. Definitely a collectible. He's pointing to an illustration. It's a picture of something that looks like my phone. Well, technically it's two pictures. One of the front side and one of the back. Okay, according to this illustration that I got, that is a mobile PID. Yeah? We have... We have a good amount of tech here on Oasis, but I never expected to see one of those working. He stares at me intensely. The sound breaks the moment, and Joseph gets up to make the tea. I'm not sure what to think about all this and what he's told me so far. He doesn't take very long, and then he's back handing me a steaming mug. I can see through the bottom of the ceramic mug, so I'm guessing it's some sort of herbal tea. I know it's going to burn my lips, but I take a sip anyway, just to taste something. It does burn, but in a way that lets me know that this is a normal reaction to something, that things are running okay, since it feels like the complete opposite for me since I regain consciousness in the dark room of that RV. This is a welcome pain. The flavor is full and a little bitter and very enjoyable. Thank you. It's great. So, where the hell am I? He stares at me for a moment. You really don't know, do you? Do you know of Oasis, right? I shake my head. Okay. Let me tell you this. All the people you've seen here today were descendants, right? Long ago, many, many hundreds of cycles, humanity left Earth and eventually discovered this planet, the one we call Oasis. Uh, one of the ships crashed, killing everyone. The other two survived, and the people inside created a settlement here. I have many thoughts flooding my mind now, almost drowning me. I... I am from Earth. Uh, yeah, and I, I know. I mean, you have to be. You look human, just like us. No, I mean, I live on Earth. That's where I'm from. Joseph's eyes widen again. He's truly shocked this time. Uh, yeah, I don't think so. What stims have you been taking? I'm serious. I don't know how to explain it, but I swear to you. Joseph stares at me for an uncomfortable moment. Okay. I'm not sure if he believes me or wants to hear the rest of the story. I have no clue why I'm here. For what purpose? How did I get here? How would I know? I don't. Wait a moment. If Oasis has been settled, why do you keep moving? We're always moving. We have to, because of the darkness. A heavy weight forms in my mind. A black hole that feels like it's sucking everything in. I'm instantly covered in sweat, and I start to shake a little. I speak the two words, but they barely come out as a whisper. The blackness. Oh, we call it the darkness. Uh, it came from beyond this world. Okay, so sometime after humanity arrived here on this planet, there was a great cleaving in the earth that shows where it hit. And from it, after it landed, came the darkness. Anyone who's caught by it is dead. Disappears, never seen again. No one knows exactly what the darkness does to you, but that's because no one survived. The darkness. 
The memories continue to come, even stronger now with this new trigger. I have to face it. What? No. No, no, no. You can't. There is nothing you can do to face it. And then I hear calls from outside, people making announcements, the sound of people getting ready. It looks like it's time to get moving again. It was we, the collective, we've spent enough time resting, and we need to get moving now. I stare Joseph in the eyes and then give him a resigned look. I put the mug of half-drunk tea gently down. Thank you for the tea and the hospitality. You've been very helpful. He catches on a few seconds too late, and by then, I've got the door open, and I'm outside and running. I hear him calling behind me. Jake, stop! What are you doing? It's something I have to do. I, I can see it now. The darkness. The blackness. In the very distance. Slowly but surely coming. Coming for these people. Coming for me. I run faster toward it. I look back and see Joseph starting to chase me in his small vehicle from earlier. But he's stopped by a small group of people shouting and gesturing. Why didn't you guys stop he's angry and sad at the same time. On, we can still catch him. Let me go. I hope he won't dwell on me too long. I keep running, feeling my breath coming fast, my heart pumping. It takes a long while, but I manage. I pass countless other vehicles and people. Most stare, but none try to stop me. I don't know how long I run, but I keep going until my legs are numb. It feels like the closer I get to the blackness, the faster it comes. Then my strength is sapped. I sit down, almost falling. I wait a while, a long while, for the blackness to come and take me once more. I hear a strange and frightening noise. The noise of a thousand movements and murmurs at once. It's a cacophony of wet flesh and snarling sounds. What is it? I don't care. I'm ready for it. Then it is just before me. Then it is enveloping me. And everything goes black. My name is Thomas Edward M., freelance soundman. A mysterious client has hired me to record the oral history of an obscure island community in the Great Lakes region. This is Slumberland.
Where the fuck am I? Oh, my head is killing me. I know I literally put a gun to that thing's head and told her to send me anywhere, which probably wasn't very wise. And now I'm fuck knows where. Did I have to have the head-splitting pain as well? Wish I'd brought something. Medicine, booze, whatever, just something. Okay, where might I be then? Let's have a gander. I'm not face-planted on the ground for a change, which is a good thing. Going through those doors really throws off my sense of balance. For a moment, up feels like down and down feels like up. Topsy-turvy-like. Okay. Deep breaths. Breathe in that nice, clean country air. Because I am in the country. Well, countryside. Sort of. I'm on an island. Yeah, definitely an island. It doesn't seem too big as far as islands go. But enough that there's a decent-sized town here. It's cold, too. Fresh and cold. Clean. Like what I said. The water's a dark blue. Looks deep. Can't see a boat anywhere, so no way to get to the mainland if I want to. (laughs) Yeah, don't worry. The similarity to the location of the Ostium Network is not lost on me. I'm also picking up a Roanoke vibe. Yes, fine. I was never actually in fucking Roanoke. I know. You don't need to remind me. But I know a guy who was, and he liked telling people what it was like. I was definitely one of those people. I got to hear a lot about it. So I fucking felt like I was there. This place is like that. Also kind of like where Ostium is, in Northern California. Also kind of like Fort Bragg and Mendocino County, where I said my camo fatigue wearing buddies were based. Okay, that's, uh, disturbing. That's a lot of similarities to Ostium. And Jake isn't really fucking involved. Not cool. But that's why we're here, right? To find good old Jakey. Of course, it also describes large swaths of this country, assuming this is still ye olde United States of America, on both sides of the coast. So other than healthy dark green trees, what else can I see here? Is that a dome? Okay, kind of a weird place to put a dome. But then again, I don't know where the fuck I am, so maybe it's the perfect place to put a dome. I'm definitely not the right person to say otherwise. I see some streets, some buildings, houses, pathways. So yeah, definitely getting a strong Ostium vibe here. Could it be another Ostium? There was one class, way back when at the Ostium Network, when they talked about some other attempts to make a town. I was never exactly sure if it was the guys at the Ostium Network who tried it and weren't exactly successful, or if it was some of the other group of someones, but they threw out names. Didn't mean anything to us, really, but sure made them sound smart. What were they? Tannis. Nightvale. Limetown. 
Gosh, there were a few more. Um, come on, brain. Do what you're meant to do. What the hell were they? Weird fucking names. Oh, almost got it. It was, uh, S... S... Askew! Oh, that was fucking it. And one more. Damn, something, something to do with sleep? Yeah, sleeping. No, not sleeping. Slumber. Slumbering. Slumber. Slumberland! Yes! Fucking Slumberland. And as soon as I say that, a man appears from seemingly nowhere. Yeah, I know that's not really possible, but if I am in one of those weird aforementioned towns, then maybe it is possible. You never know. But I also think I might not have been paying much attention, and he just came around a corner, or from one of those buildings, through a door. He's seen me, and he's coming towards me. He doesn't look hostile or anything, just curious. This should be interesting. He's not a tall guy. A bit on the short side, you'd say. 5'8", maybe 5'9". Slim build. His face looks kinda odd. Not your average looking one you'd see on the street anywhere. Whatever that means. But his eyes. They're a bright crystal blue and... Fucking intense. It's like there's a fire in them. Talk about sparkling beauties. They're almost mesmerizing. He's almost here. Time to seem normal. I'll wait for him to talk first. Hello. My name is Thomas Edward M. Hi. I'm Monica. Hello, Monica. Uh, I'm a freelance sound man. Okay, Thomas. What do you record? I have absolutely no intention of letting him know I'm recording him, too. Well, at the moment, a mysterious client has hired me to record the oral history of an obscure island community in the Great Lakes region. Are you being serious? Yes. Well, where the hell is this? Well, this... This is Slumberland. Nope. Way. Hey, what the... was that? Why can't I... swear? What the hell? What the is going on here? Okay, hell is okay, but... Is off limits? What about f***ing or other God damn it, other face, feelings. Why is this happening to me? I don't know, and I don't think I can help you. I've interviewed another person named Doreen, who appears to have a similar predisposition. Predisposition. I would prefer it if you'd refrain from shouting at me. You're right. I'm sorry, Thomas. All that was un called for. God, it's going to take a while to get used to that. So I really am in Slumberland? Yes. This is Slumberland. You like saying that, don't you? Yes, indeed. So what is there to do for fun around here? Well, that depends. On who you ask. I'm asking you. Well, you know, I like when I get to interview people. Uh huh. Would you be willing to participate? An interview? About what? Uh, mm -hmm. I'm just a freelance sound man. 
I'm here to record the stories of the people of Slumberland. But I'm not from Slumberland. Uh, sorry. I don't believe that. We're on Slumberland, and you're here. Therefore, you are a person of Slumberland. Look, for f***'s sake, five minutes ago I wasn't here. I was in a place called the Ostium Network. The Ostium Network. Yes, a place very different from here. Probably very, very far, far away. And then I was just here. How did you get here? <sighs> Through a door. I'm looking for someone. Who? A man named Jake Fisher. Well, I've interviewed a number of people in Slumberland. Haven't interviewed or come across anyone called Jake Fisher. You've been doing this for a while? <sighs> yes. He says the word like he's been doing this for a very long time. Maybe years. Maybe centuries. What the hell is this place? Thank you, Thomas, for your time and help. Doesn't sound like Jake's here. I need to move on. You could try calling him. With what? My shell phone. Your... What? My shell phone. It's how to communicate with people on this island. Although, you need to make sure you pay for the call. Or what? Or the seagulls will come for you. And that's all I can take. I start running. As fast as I can. Away from him. I don't look back. I keep going and count to 50 in my head, putting as many trees and buildings between Thomas and me as I can. My breath is coming heavy now, and I slow down, needing to catch it. Then I finally look back. Thomas is nowhere in sight. Oh, okay. Good. Then I move on to my next thought. How the fuck am I going to get off Slumberland? Oh, hey. Well, that's something. At least I can fucking swear now. Fuck yes. Fuckity fuck fuck. With a fucking cherry on top. Okay, now that I've got that out of my system. Let's head on over to that lighthouse over there. I jog over and it doesn't take long. I can hear weird sounds and even weirder music from within. I don't think I want to find out who it is or what's going on on the other side. I concentrate, close my eyes, turn the handle, and pull open the door. The music and sounds are quieter now, muffled. I open my eyes and see the darkness I've seen so many goddamn times after opening a door. Before I can decide if I'm going to hear any banshees, I step through, closing the door behind me.
For the first time in many a door, perhaps not since the first ostium door that took me to Roanoke, I stand with my eyes firmly closed, taking slow breaths. My remaining senses tell me little. There's next to no sound. A light breeze, perhaps? Yes, I can feel it on my face. I take in a deep lungful and can smell the sea. Could it be? Could I possibly be somehow back in the Ostium network? Am I now standing on the terra firma isla of Gibraltar? I do have a sense of wide open space about me. I open my eyes. No such luck. It's a hotel. A hotel ballroom, in fact. And I'm overcome by a wave of hotel-related thoughts. Yeah, I have to go with the water metaphor here, being on the ocean and all. Thought number one, I'm brought back to the Avalon Casino on Catalina. Yes, I know it's not a hotel, but the ballroom possesses a grace and grandeur quite similar to the one I find myself in now. Except this one is in a state of disrepair. At the far end from me is a sweeping vista of what was once a continuous line of majestic floor-to-ceiling windows. The view must have been simply spectacular. Now every window is broken. A series of jagged glass jaws making it seem as if in the waters everything wants to bite you. I guess that's not too far off from the truth. Thought number two is, of course, the Overlook Hotel. Yeah, it's not just the jagged windows. This whole place is old and abandoned and used and damn creepy. So expecting Johnny to come jumping out from somewhere, proclaiming his arrival is par for the course here. It is at least sunny out with a deep, dark blue ocean, so I should be safe from the cold. Thought number three is the sheer lavishness of this place. At one point, with the lights on, it must have been all shiny gold and silver and other expensive things from every angle, gaudy to the max, and I'm automatically thinking of Hearst Castle. Can't remember if I've mentioned it before, but it's a California mainstay, and if you haven't been, it's really worth the trip. You know, so you can see what one does when one has so much damn money they can literally fill their house with whatever decadent, priceless piece of art or furniture they feel like. Thought number four is, and yes, again, I'm aware I'm not talking about an official hotel, but the ballroom on the Titanic, or at least on the Titanic movie, made it through all three hours, and he could have got on the headboard with her, in my humble opinion. Definitely has some similarities with this place. It's got the same over-the-top feel. Not to the nth degree as Hearst Castle, but there was some serious money put into this place for some seriously rich hotel guests. And thought number five? Nah, that's it. I'm all out of hotel thoughts. I walk across the great ballroom, feeling dust and grit crunch and scrape beneath my feet. I reach one of the broken windows and breathe in that wonderfully fresh sea air. It's been a while since I've seen the ocean, not since the old rock of Gibraltar. It's a clear sky, a warm sun shining off the water, giving it that incredible glinting effect. And then something launches itself out of the ocean in the distance. I don't catch it in time. All I see is white foam. Okay, whatever it was, it was big. And then I see another sign of movement off to my right. Again, it's too fast and I miss it, but it looked grayish. The amount of foam is about the same, so we've got two big things out there. 
I look to the middle and don't really focus on anything, waiting for a sign of movement. And then, before my very eyes, two monstrous sea creatures erupt from the dark waters and cross by each other like curving... Well, I guess a double rainbow is pretty accurate. There's two definable halves to them. A solid bullet-shaped half and then long tentacles held together with a grouping of water pipes. Holy shit. Is it possible? Gotta be. I've just seen my first kraken. And that's plural. Believable. Hello? Is... is someone there? I turn around, mighty majestic sea creatures instantly forgotten. Who are you? What are you doing here? I'm not sure what to say. Are you... Frank? No, that's not possible. I'm Jake. Uh, Jake Fisher. How... how did you get here? What are you doing here? Fair questions, and they're sort of related. I came through that door from another world. I'm I'm a time traveler of sorts, and going through doors to different times and different worlds is my thing. And whatever is running the show has decided that this place is my next port of call. The Transcontinental Bridge. The what? You don't even know where you are, do you? Not a clue. But this looks like a pretty special place, or at least was, and I just saw something out there. It shouldn't be possible. At least, not where I'm from. Well, you're in what used to be the Transcontinental Hotel. Just past Watchtower 8. Okay, that doesn't really help. It's almost like you're speaking a different language. Oh, uh, sorry. Okay, so this is the Transcontinental Bridge, and it spans the entire Atlantic Ocean, which in theory is really cool, and, and when it first opened up, it was, but now everything's just abandoned. There used to be a, a theme park named Aqualand, and the Gold Doubloon Casino, and really cool seaside towns, and so many things for people to do, but then things started happening, and... um. Well, people don't really come on here anymore. Uh, but there are still a few folks who live out here in um, in watchtowers, and they are responsible for providing any aid to travelers and constant traffic reports via radio for anyone who might be listening. From where we're standing, I can see one part of the bridge spreading off into the distance until the horizon swallows it up. There's not a single car in sight constant updates? Isn't that a little excessive? Oh, it is. Oh my god. I just, I can't even begin to... <sighs> anyway, that's that's why I prefer to tell stories. Stories about the bridge. It's history. Do you know the story of this place? The hotel? I do. The story of its sudden end. I know it all. Uh, but first, I want your story. I only have so much time I get to spend in each world. I don't know, it's just how it is, and I just know when the time is up and I've got to leave. But it's always been that way, since I went through the first door, even if I didn't know it then. I'm always on borrowed time, so to speak, and until recently, every time I went through a door, whether it was just me or with Monica or Steve, it was always just us there, no other people. And I still have no idea why. 
it's something I've been wrestling with for a long time. Why are there no people? Were they there before? And once that door from Ostium was open, did they go somewhere? Did something on a, I don't know, quantum, metaphysical, supernatural level happen? Or were they never there to begin with? Is it all some construct of the Ostium network? Something manufactured, possibly? Or is it something else entirely? I simply don't know. Are you... are you telling the truth? You're not lying to me, right? No, absolutely not. This is what really happened to me. And if Monica or Steve were here, they'd back me up completely. And the no people thing is one of the strangest aspects of this whole crazy journey. And I don't know if it's somehow because of me, but I sure hope not. I don't think it is. Why's that? Let me tell you my story first. When I was a little girl, this hotel was just breathtaking. It was a place where, where people who could afford it went to experience a piece of paradise on the transcontinental bridge. And for the 10th anniversary, there was a special party. My mom was the concierge, and, and we got to have our own little party with the staff. Behind the scenes, of course. I was eight, so I couldn't keep my eyes open for long. And my mom put me to bed in, in a special place. When I woke up, I was on a boat. The day after the party, there was a sign on the front of the hotel saying permanently closed. Everyone had disappeared and no one knew where they were or what happened to them. Except for me. I got out. I was found. But I still don't know what happened. I guess sometimes people disappear and there isn't a good or logical reason for it. And you can keep worrying yourself about it or live your life. That's incredible. I'm sorry for your loss, I guess. For what happened. So you've moved on? Gods, no. Definitely not. I keep coming back here hoping I'll find something I missed. Some clue. Dedicated my life to finding every little piece of this place that shows up. I've tried to move on, but I, I can't. Yeah, I know how that goes. Unfortunately, I've reached the end of my stay here at the Transcontinental Hotel. <laughs> well, I hope your time here was enjoyed and worthwhile, and that you'll consider us again in the future. Yes, it certainly was, and I definitely will. I'll even give you a five-star rating on Yelp. What's Yelp? Uh, don't worry about it. But I need to get moving on to the next place, the next world. A lot of people wouldn't believe a word you've said. But I've seen a lot on this bridge, so I think I do. Yeah, I definitely do. And I hope I've been able to help you a little. You have. Thank you for that. Thank you for making me feel less alone in the group of people who keep losing people. The arena of lost souls. That was a little creepy. Yeah, it was. Maybe morbid, too. Sorry. How exactly do you leave this place? Same way I came in. Go through that door. Safe journeys, Jake. And good luck in your search. Hey, I uh, never got your name. Etta. For Henrietta. That's a really nice name. Good luck, Etta. You too, Jake.
One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. 
That's stamps.com code program. The apartment looks like it was mid-century, the kind that was once meant for a large family, but now has been split up into multiple apartments by a landlord who needs to stretch his investment. It's a pretty old row house, but fairly well cared for. I'm in a hot, wet place, so I'm guessing by the looks of things. It's a city in the U.S., probably in the southeast region, what with the heat and extreme humidity. So, just fucking great. Not my ideal. There are other mismatched apartments and houses up and down the street. But I arrived here. Through a door. A fucking rip through reality and it put me on the curb. Right in front of this house. Is there a reason for that? Fuck knows. But I'm here and this is where it wants me to go. Whatever it is. I'm looking for Jake. That's my goal. That's what I'm going to do. I know my track record hasn't been exactly great with finding the people I want to through the doors of Ostium. But hey, guess what? I found Steve in the end. Sort of. So, one for one. And my chances for finding Jake look... Uh, good? I mean, he's somewhere. And yes, that somewhere can be literally anywhere and any when. Okay, time to stop feeling shitty. As I take two steps towards the small steps in gate, it hits me. It's physical, it's invisible, and it's fucking strong. I can't see anything, just your normal-looking apartment building. But I can feel it, sort of. I can sense it. There. Coming from the steps down to the basement apartment, I can sense them. More than what? Like levels of obstruction holding me back. They're. Oh shit. They're wards. This house is under protection. From what? And who's inside? A witch? A wizard? A warlock? Some other magical being that I know nothing about? To say I'm out of my depth here is a gross overstatement. But let's take a big fucking step back for a moment. Mentally and physically. <sighs> That's better. Less pressure from the wards. So, how do 
I know their wards exactly? Where did this insight come from? Last time I checked, I didn't know one thing about magical thingies. Case in point. And yet some fucking hell, I know wards are protecting this place. Okay. Maybe it's something to do with going through these doors on my own. Jake said he was changed after the blackness, uh, what, uh, took him, enveloped him. He survived, came out the other side, and was stronger for it. Maybe I'm going through a similar thing. I sure am speculating and pontificating like him. So, how does one get past or through a ward? Let's find out, I guess. I move forward and immediately feel the pressure. I walk slower, but don't stop. I'm just forcing myself against them. It's like walking underwater and the water's like heavy water. I start to feel pricks on my skin, like tiny needles or microshocks. It's very uncomfortable and unsettling, but bearable. Then things start to heat up more than before. The tiny needles have been sitting on hot coals. I start grimacing, then moaning a little. Then just like that, they're all gone. I'm pain-free and walking normally again. I guess I broke through? I walk down the steps and make it to the door. A metal figurine of a woman with the lower half of a snake is nailed above the door. A small black felt bag hanging from her hands. The door is also ajar. Okay, didn't expect that. I let my heart get closer to its usual beat, take a breath, and push open the door. With my first step inside, I hear a confident woman's voice say, Hello, Monica. I've been expecting you. February 16th. Moon is full. Sun is in Gemini. The visitor's name is Monica. I can't really say client because she's not one. Although she did offer to pay me for my services after we were done. Until she discovered she didn't have any money. She was very apologetic about it. I didn't give her a hard time. Her arrival came under unusual circumstances. Last night, I had a dream that today I would be visited by a stranger who would need my help. Now, I know better than to ignore prophetic dreams. They come few and far in between, but it's usually best practice to pay attention. The only word I heard in the dream was Monica. My day began auspiciously. The alarm failed to wake me up at the set time. The shower had lukewarm water. My breakfast tipped over onto the floor. And when I went to take my first sip of tea, the handle came off the mug. Fortunately, I didn't get burned, but I did have to clean up and make a whole new cup of tea and a bowl of cereal. I should have been annoyed, but instead, I recognized these signs for what they were. Something big was disrupting the energy around me. I needed to be ready for it, or rather, for this Monica person. I felt the tension in the air when she arrived. 
I felt her making contact with the wards, then forcing her way through them. I have had those wards for a long time, and each week I re-strengthen them, making sure they give me enough information about what or who comes in contact with them. She didn't break them exactly, as anything attacking would. She was merely able to uh, pass through without giving the required information. At least she didn't seem dangerous. Okay, I was curious. When she poked her head through the door, I said, Hello, Monica. I've been expecting you. You, uh, you have? Yep. Please, come in. Thank you. I, uh, are you here to help me? Is that why I'm in your lovely home? You don't sound certain. Well, I barely have a fucking clue. No problem. We'll figure it out together. Let's get started. Please, uh, take a seat. Here. Would you like some tea? That sounds heavenly. I'll be right back. This is fucking delicious. What is it? Oolong. Oh, I've got to get me some. Sorry, do you mind the swearing? Nah, it's fine. However you need to express yourself, feel free. Oh, thank you. Now, why are you here? I thought you were going to tell me that, with the tarot cards. If you think that's why you're here. Are you familiar with tarot? Have you had a reading before? No and no. Very well. Do you have any idea why you've shown up on my doorstep? What has brought you here? Well, I've been traveling through doors, going from place to place and time to time. I'm searching for someone. I'm, I'm looking for Jake Fisher. He's lost, and I need to find him. A traveler, huh? Interesting. This is something I can work with. I'm going to do a three-card reading. So... Where I've been, where I am, and where I'm going? If, uh, if that's what you want. It can be, yes. Do you want that? Hmm. Yes, that's what I'd like. If that's okay. Of course. So, first card is Six of Cups. You recently found something or someone you've spent a long time looking for. You are reunited with this person and possibly others. Also, a return to a familiar place. A home of sorts. Um, not necessarily your true home, but a place you're comfortable and familiar with. Yes, I found Steve, my boy, and Jake. We were all back together in the Ostium Network. But then something happened. Something fucking bad. We had to stop someone or, or something from attacking us, from attacking the place we were in. It was a hard fight, and at the end of it, after we won, we were all exhausted. That's why Jake didn't arrive right behind me. He... Fuck, I don't know. Let his mind wander, maybe? Lost his focus for a second, succumbed to his tiredness. And he went through a door, and it didn't take him to where it should. Back to us. It took him somewhere else. Possibly... Probably. Very far away. 
in time and space. Yes. The next card. The chariot. Reversed. You feel lost. Without direction. You know how to get from place to place uh, through the doors, but you don't know where you're going. And you don't know if it's helping or if you're just putting yourself into a deeper hole. Yes, I, I feel lost. Lost is the right word. Each time I go through another door, there's a part of me wishing Jake is going to be on the other side. But it's only a small part of me. Most of me assumes he won't be, and I'm going to be in some other strange and new place. I see. So, let's see where you believe you need to be, then. The... uh, uh, What the... What? What is it? I've... I've never seen this card before. You've never drawn it in a reading? No, I mean, I've literally never seen this card before. It's not part of my tarot deck, even though the, the, the style... The style is the same. This... This doesn't feel right. Can I see it? I don't want to touch it. Goddamn. It's a... It's a big black O. For Ostium. It's gotta be. And inside is... Is that the map table? Yeah, somehow it is. Why is it that? Don't ask me. It's Ostium. The reach of Ostium. It's made it to here. In this time and place, somehow. Huh. Unbelievable. But why the map table? Unless. Unless. I need to get the talismans. The little trinkets for the map table. I don't know what you're talking about. It's gotta be that. That's how I can get back on track. How I can find Jake. And how I can get us back to Ostium. Just like we did before. It would be fucking unbelievable if it didn't all make sense. Tell me about it. Thank you. Thank you. Gosh, I'm so sorry I never asked for your name. Kalila Stormfire. That, uh, that is a fucking amazing name. Thank you, Kalila. So much for your help. This is what you do, isn't it? Helping others in this way. Yes. And sometimes it pays the rent and provides food. Fuck. You're right. I need to pay you for your help. Let me... Shit. I'm sorry. I haven't got a dollar on me. I feel really bad. It's... It's okay, Monica. Honestly, this has been a educational experience. For both of us, I'm sure. Um, and one I'm not soon to forget. Can I... Can I ask one more favor? Certainly. If I can grant it. Can I take this card with me? I think... I think it's the talisman to be taken from this place. Yes, yes, please do. It clearly isn't meant to be with me in my deck. Thank you. And I've taken up enough of your time. I'll be leaving now. Monica? Yes? Be careful. I can see you love him. And sometimes love can easily cloud the mind and stray you from your path. Just... Be careful. Thank you, Kalila. I'll... I'll never forget you. I wish you well, traveler. A very strange case. Even for me. I've heard... 
heard of interdimensional travelers before, but they're like super rare. This ostium place, it's probably not something to mess with. And that card, never seen anything like it. The sheer power and ability it would take to manifest such a thing, that's got some oomph behind it. And I truly hope it never happens to me again. I'm not qualified for this kind of magic, let's be honest. Let's stick to headaches and personal existential crises, right? Well, I believe that's enough fun for one day. End session. The wealth gap in the fractured United States is horrible. The rich have access to everything, including new life-saving procedures, while the poor are stuck with age-old fixes. That's where we come in, the tinkers. What we do isn't for ourselves. It's for those less fortunate and the betterment of humanity. Took you long enough. I had some other things to take care of. Not like it actually matters. Benizia doesn't care for punctual anyway. <laughs> punctual? I doubt the words in her vocabulary. <laughs> yeah, agreed. All right. We may as well get this show on the road, huh? Someone seems pretty gung-ho about seeing a particular doctor. Well, when your only interaction with people for a few weeks has been non-existent... Other than I'm good responses, you start to appreciate conversations more. Oh, yeah. Guess I never thought about it that way. <laughs> Especially since you're not subjected to stay cooped up in a room for 23 hours of the day. Doesn't mean I'm enjoying myself. I don't think, well, I don't think anyone here is enjoying themselves. Well, except for Venezia. Something's not right with her. Anyway. All right, then. Let's get going, then. Lead the way. <laughs> nice try, but go in front. You know how we do things around here. Unfortunately. Well, 
here we are. That we are. If you're not in the mood to be berated, we can get her to reschedule. No, it, it's fine. I'll, I'll be fine. Just, it, it's been a while as all. B- before the lockdown, I was ready to play her games, but, but now, I don't know. Well, I've never had a long enough conversation to be played with, but doesn't sound fun. You're right. It's not, but it's required. That it is. Oh, not this one. Or this one. Um, uh, Dr. Venezia? Hmm, who is it? it it's me, Jason. Remember we had an appointment? Oh, right, right, right. That's today, hmm? Oh, it does seem that I've allowed time to slip by. It's already Wednesday. Could have sworn it was Sunday. Have you even left your room since the lockdown? (laughs) Of course not. What a reason would there be for that? I, I don't know. Talking to people? Seeing the sun? Pish posh, I don't need to talk to uninteresting people. I only care for those with stories, but not just any story. They must chill me to the bone, make me weep tears of joy or sadness or- What about ones that are just outright strange? My, 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 now who are you? Jake Fisher. And what, pray tell, is Jake Fisher doing in my office? Um... Yeah, about that. I don't know how to explain it. Well, you're already here, so try and dazzle me. Otherwise, I'll need to call the guards. Hmm, that'd be fun in its own way, of course. Well, the choice is yours. I do what she says. From your clothes, I'd say you're not a prisoner, a guard, or a worker. That's correct. So what do you think will happen if she calls the guards on some random-ass person... I couldn't see it going well. It is a supermax prison. This is a prison? So you're a... A prisoner. Yep. Interesting. There's no logical way for you not to know what this place is. Actually, there's no reason for you to be in this wing at all. Hmm. Interesting indeed. All right, so... I can travel through doors. (laughs) Obviously. Anyone's able to do that? Okay, I'm not stupid. Obviously people can walk through doors, but this is a bit different. Hmm. Different how? Am I correct in assuming that's what led you here? You are indeed correct. So, have you two heard of Doctor Who? Oh yeah, that old British show? Old? No, it's quite new actually. Recently renewed for a new season. Really? I think it's quite old, but I don't keep up with shows from the UK. My husband used to, which is the only reason I've ever even seen it. Great. Well, regardless, this will make my explanation easier. So, I can do what he does. What who does? Yes, what who does. Doctor Who, obviously. Sometimes when I open a door, I'll jump to some place or time. And this is what's happened now? Yes, I've got to find my way back home. Before you find your way home, mind telling me a few stories of your space or time? Wait, you two believe me? I don't know if I'd say believe, but there's nothing else that can explain it at the moment. 
So will you weave me your tale? The most surreal experience you've had with this power of yours. Hmm. Okay, I think I got one, but I'll also need this guy to tell me something as well. The name's Jason. Jason Caulfield. Oh, how rude of me. Dr. Stella Venezia, at your service. Nice to meet you both, but before I tell you this, I want to ask Jason some questions. What if I don't answer? Then I'll find my trinket and be on my way. Trinket? What is the significance of it? Just ask your question. Jason, what are you in here for? What did you do? I'm here for a crime I didn't commit. And that crime being? Um, the bio... International bioterrorism. Oh, I see. Look, I've already said that I didn't do it, but you're free to believe whatever you want. I suppose that's true. All right, then. I'll hold up my end. Fantastic. Most surreal experience. So... One moment. Don't mind her. She's always like that. Oh, okay. Um, anyway, it was one of the first times that I learned about this power. I wasn't certain where I actually was, but that was also due to me standing by the door for a little while. And after entering this unknown place, why did you not go off exploring? If it was me, I'd have been jumping for joy. I think more sane people would be cautious. Sane? <laughs> Since when has being sane ever brought about change? I'll tell you. Never. It's always the crazy one. The outside of the box thinker. It's never the sane one. My point still stands. In regards to your own safety, many would be cautious and take more care. <coughs> Apologies. Please do continue. So, I was saying, I stood by the doorway, entranced by the sight before me, as well as the fact that a random numbered door brought me there. Numbered? Why and for what purpose was it numbered? The numbers indicate the order that you must enter the doors in. However, after entering a number, you're able to go to the next one, and all the ones before it are still available. So, where'd you end up? Where'd that number door take you? Even if I tell you, I don't think you'll believe- No, no, no. That will simply not do. You must tell us. No matter how ridiculous or insane it sounds. Do you understand me? Y yes ma'am. She's at it again. So I was playing a game. GeoGuessr. Ever heard of it? Nope. Never. Dr. Venezia? Is that where an individual can place an item of their choosing in a location and have others seek it out? Yes, that's exactly it. <laughs> I'm surprised. I didn't take you for the recreational type. Well, let's just say I've hit a few interesting items here and there in my day. Yeah, I'd rather not know. Anyway, that's what I did during my free time. I'd play that game. After playing for a while, I stumbled upon a town called Ostium, which had a population of zero. Zero? So an abandoned town? That, or just wasn't updated, but that's not the strangest thing. That being the numbered doors you previously mentioned, correct? Correct, and once I entered one of the first few doors, I was in North Carolina. Okay. Is that all? In the 1500s. 
Hmm. If my memory serves me right, that was around the time that town went missing. Roic or Roink or something. Roanoke. Ah, yes, that's the one. Wait, so you're saying that you've seen the lost town? I have. So what'd you do? What did you find? I found... Dr. Venezia, did you schedule two overlapping meetings? Oh, no. I may be a scatterbrain most of the time, but I'd never, ever schedule two conflicting meetings. If I did, I'd never be able to give my full attention to anyone. Okay, then who's at the door? Beats me, but I think it'd do you good to leave. Leave? Don't you want to know what happened in Roanoke? Oh, trust me. I'd love to. Honestly, I'm tempted to lock you in this room until you tell me all of your stories. That doesn't sound insane at all. Oh, hush you. I said that I'd like to, not that I'm going to. Two entirely different things. Uh-huh. Sure. Uh, okay. I've got to go, but I can't. And why not? Just go open that door and vanish. That's what I'm saying. I can't do that. At least not without a token. Token? What does it look like? They aren't always the same, but it's always something to represent the world that I was in. Something to represent the world? Ah! What? Here. What's this? This is a patch from the organization I'm part of. Tinker's International, or Tint. Oh. The arms make an O in the middle for Ostium. This has to be it. Wait, really? Yeah, look. Yeah, the patches don't have a white O in the middle. Strange. Yeah, okay. That confirms it, then. I'd say you take that and be off, then, hmm? Yes, thank you. No, 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 thank you. It was such a fun story, albeit a disappointingly incomplete one. I apologize for the story being cut short, but thanks for your help. I hope you make it back home safe. I'll do my best. Oh, hello, Director. You don't look pleased. Whatever could be the matter. one to really care about what other people think, and definitely not about me. But I am starting to wonder if they might think I'm crazy, or at least a little bit weird. Because I've been doing this one thing over and over, and the locals are definitely starting to notice. It's the welcome to superstition sign. Well, more accurately, it's the sentence beneath it where anything can happen. I keep coming out here to read those words because so much has happened. And it all started with a key to a mysterious motel room and then a lot of driving. A fucking lot of driving. And then the whole Kate Malay thing and the cops saying she wasn't really missing, but she really was. And then I found her and got stabbed and she saved my ass and then Izzy got us out alive and then before I knew it, the Jack St. James Detective Agency wasn't just a jumble of words that came out of my mouth, but a real place. A real thing. And I'm like, a real private detective now, I guess. I mean, 
Izzy got me the hat. So I'm legit now. And <laughs> it's also fucking unbelievable. So that's why I keep driving out to that town sign to read those words. Also, because of what happened to me before I even took my first case at the Jack St. James Detective Agency. Weird things happen in superstition. Weird things that aren't possible elsewhere. The walls between believable and unbelievable are thin here. And sometimes there's crossover, whether you admit it's happening or not. There are those that deny it and try to keep on having normal lives. There are those that admit this shit is happening and try to deal with it. And then there are those that cause it like Simon Millay, who didn't really understand what he was doing, but thought he was doing it for the right reasons. And then something crossed over from the other side. Simon made that happen. And sometimes things just cross over, like Monica did. Okay, this is a new one. I'm in a town called Superstition in the blistering state of Arizona. It looks to be around early 21st century, but the place has a feel about it. There's history here, like centuries of it. It's worn into the fabric of this town. Its buildings just exude it. Time's taken its toll here, but there's still a lot of life. Plenty of fucking vitality. I can definitely see how someone could grow to like it here. There's a harshness, but also charm. What does the quaint town of Superstition have to offer Monica Chase? The name is definitely weird, even for a town in the States. But it's definitely making me curious. What's behind it all? Is it a cool name because some white dude way back when thought it would be a good name? Or did it get this name because weird shit happens here? With how I've described the town already, my money's on the ladder. What with how... Wait, what the fuck was that? Damn, it's gone now. There's another one. Is that... A fucking ghost? Shit! It is! And it just looked at me. And kept on moving. Oh, okay, good. That's good. I'm still not over all that banshee business, so keep going, incorporeal spirits. Nothing to see here. What is up with superstition? 
Oh, shit, that gal saw me. Did I say the word ghost out loud? I don't remember. Maybe? And now she's coming over. Just fucking fabulous. Are you... okay? Yeah, why? Uh, you just yelled a fucking ghost. Oh, uh, okay. I can see why you thought I might need help. Because you saw a ghost. I did? Did... did I? I'm not sure. I saw something. I guess it could have been a ghost or maybe just a figment of my imagination. Or fog. It's just afternoon. This is Arizona. <laughs> That's not how fog works. You saw a ghost, didn't you? Yeah, I, I guess I did. It looked right at me and then kept on going down the street, which was fine by me. So you believe me? Damn right I do. This is superstition, after all. This is the one place where weird can be an everyday thing. I can think of another place, actually. You're not from here, are you? I haven't seen you around. This isn't a very big town, and new faces are kind of hard to miss. Especially yours. You got me. I'm from far away from here. Far? How far is far? You know what? I'm going to level with you. Uh, you believe in ghosts, you say superstition is weird, so I'm guessing you've seen some serious shit. Shit that can't easily be explained. So I'm going to give you my backstory. <laughs> Hit me. I'm a time traveler of sorts, passing through doors to other worlds in space and time. I'm trying to find my guy, Jake Fisher. He's also a time traveler, but screwed up and now he's kind of lost in time, traveling from place to place. And I'm trying to find him so we can get back to the place where this all started. A strange town called Ostium. Uh, that's what you meant by another place? Yep. Okay, well, the good news is it's afternoon. Wanna get a drink? That sounds fucking fantastic. We start with tequila shots, which I was surprised at for like half a second. Then we clink glasses and down the hatchet went. Man, that was some good shit. I can't remember the last time I've taken a shot, but it's been too fucking long, that's for sure. I joined Jack in a round of Crown and Cokes after, though I also take a look at the menu and order an enchilada. All this alcohol and the little amount of food I've had since this wild ride started means I'll have trouble even finding the next ostium door, let alone going through it. I know I'm feeling the buzz because I feed her a really shitting line. So, do you prefer? Or are you also partial to... A Jack and Coke? <laughs> I'm really not picky. Take what I can get, usually. In fact... Some people have said I'm experimental, but I'm assuming you're just talking about how I like to drink my booze, right? Jesus, I really need to eat something. My mouth is just running itself. Sorry, Jack. I was fucking terrible. How about we talk more about superstition? How did you end up in this weird fucking town? A 15-year-old scavenger hunt clue led me here, and then my private eye smarts helped me find that girl. Jack points to a poster pinned to a board behind the bar. It's then I really take it in. 
The whole board is full of missing persons posters. What the fuck is with this town? The poster that Jack is pointing to is at one end and separate from the rest. The girl is Kate Millay. Above the poster, someone has written found in big letters with permanent marker. Judging by the rest of the posters, you did something special? <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of the town hero right now. <laughs> All it cost me was a knife to the stomach. Ouch. <laughs> I survived. So I really saw a ghost earlier? Yes, that was a ghost. Or <laughs> something of the supernatural persuasion. So that sort of thing happens a lot in this town. Sorta? There's a lot of unexplained stuff that goes on here. Why is anybody's guess. Maybe they're the ghosts of the people that once lived here. That's been known to happen. Or, I mean, you ended up here. Are they maybe something that slipped through from another realm? Could they be from another world? Possibly from somewhere or someone I visited? If you find out, let me know. I'm just trying to help the living. In superstition, people disappear. Sometimes for a short time, sometimes for a long time. And sometimes they don't come back. I'm trying to change that and help those that need help. My job is to find those people, I guess. Which is fucking awesome. And that's not just the booze talking. I'm being serious here. The fact that there's someone like you doing good. <laughs> Trying to, at least. No, you are. It gives me hope, which I can really use right now. If I'm ever going to make it back to Ostium and find Jake. But after meeting you, it's given me confidence that I will. Thank you. You know, you've got chutzpah, Monica. I think that's a compliment. It's too bad I have to go. I'm not sure about living in superstition, but I'm sure we would have some good times. Yeah, we would. You got time to eat, right? Don't worry. I'm not going anywhere before I destroy that enchilada. And another drink? Why not? One for the road. We have that last drink. And Monica does destroy her meal. <laughs> that girl can sure eat. But after hearing her story, it sounds like it's been a while since she ate. She tells me she needs a memento from this world she's visiting. My world. Something small but significant. I can't think of anything. And then I look at the counter. I hand her a lady in white bar coaster. It's a creepy ghost lady in a white dress holding a tankard of ale or lager or something. The name of the bar curves around her head. Beneath her, it says, Superstition AZ. That's perfect. Thank you. Time to go through another door. We say our goodbyes, and I follow her over to the bar's nasty back bathroom. I'm wondering what the hell she's up to, but uh, it's the door she's chosen. She says she knows it's this one. Then she gives me a quick hug, which I gladly return. Not looking back, she opens the door and steps through closes. For just a second, I see something on the other side that definitely wasn't a restroom. Ugh, I think I need another drink. Before I can start feeling sad about losing Monica, I see Izzy looking at me across the room in her certain way. I can't help smiling as I walk back over to the bar. 